Hi, this is Amber. And this is Lisa. And you're listening to Unexplained Arkansas, a new podcast that explores urban legends, mysteries, and the unsolved in the natural state. We're just two best friends discussing the unexplained in Arkansas. Welcome to Unexplained Arkansas. This is Amber. And this is Lisa. (laughs) And this is the second part of a two-part episode regarding Mm -hmm. the boys on the tracks. Yes. (sighs) Deep breath. Yes, deep breath. So (laughs) just to kind of recap, just, you know, just like a five-minute recap in case someone didn't listen to the one before, what have we got going on right now? So what we discussed was uh, Kevin Ives and uh, and Don Henry on the in on the night of August twenty third in nineteen eighty six um, in Alexander Arkansas their bodies were discovered after they were hit by a train um, and they had been out the night before um, it was four a.m. when the train hit them and then what we discussed was um, the fact that you know wasn't really investigated much because it was deemed an accident right away. Although right the body start, right? Right, yes, from the right, start. right from the start. Um, like the police were like accident. And then they did an autopsy and Dr. Malik, who was the, the state medical examiner at that time. Um, he said that the boys had smoked the equivalency of 20 marijuana cigarettes, I guess, and that they were basically in some type of, you know, marijuana haze Haze, and had fallen asleep. Um, Although everyone there on the scene, you know, the train, you know, the engineers that saw it, they were like, "Mm," you know, everybody questioned this. Um, And so I think we did discuss that the parents fought this and that they did have to go um, to court to get a, a second opinion. And when they did get second opinions, it came back that Dr. Malik's findings were crazy you know the the other people that looked at the testing were like no there's no maybe they smoked too you know there was no way and then eventually they would fight to get a second autopsy which did reflect that Don Henry had been stabbed and Kevin Ives had been basically beaten to death um oh, wow. with, he yes he had had blunt force trauma to his head um and and at the tracks just a reminder there there was a rifle the boys had been out hunting doing some spotlight hunting so to speak which is illegal so they were out you know after midnight um uh, hunting so the rifle was found to be beside the bodies on the tracks so uh, but still so the parents this whole time are kind of fighting against the state and really don't feel like anyone's in their corner. The only people at this point that they, that were kind of quote unquote helping the family was the media. Um, Linda Ives was very uh, vocal. You know, she used the media to help her. So there was a lot of that from when I was a kid, I remember Mm -hmm. that she was on the news stations quite a bit. Yes. And so she, and there was a lot of just, um, 
outrage against Dr. Malik, like a lot of people, you know, in the community and in the state were like, there's no way, which he had, we're kind of going to talk. In fact, we're going to kind of finish. There's more on Malik. <laughs> there's so yeah, much more on Malik. Yeah, there's a lot on that. Yes. Dude. Yes. He's, he's, he's crazy. Um, he just had, and, and we'll get into it, but yeah, there's just a lot on Malik. So, so that's kind of the recap. He did okay. have, um, the, the prosecutor that was helping them, a special prosecutor at that time that was helping them was Dan Harmon. So Dan Harmon will, will come up after we discuss Malik. We'll talk about Dan Harmon and his involvement, but, um, but now, I just, I, well, uh, I wanted to say that this story has mm-hmm. outlived so many other, you know, stories and, and things in the last like 40 years. I mean, this one stands yes. out as being, um, very well known. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that think they know what went on, mm-hmm. but probably don't. Yes. There's a lot of people that have opinions. Um, it's just, yes. it's one of those stories that is, interesting but at the same time controversial and Mm -hmm. I was really shocked that we decided to do such a controversial one (laughs) at the beginning of our podcast journey but in this at on the same beat there I'm I'm kind of proud of us because this is a very controversial um thing to talk about uh however we're basically just you know looking at Mara's book we're looking Mm at um the resources from Encyclopedia of Arkansas and things like that so we're staying um we're staying on uh, on top of our sources and we're not really venturing out into our own opinions mm-hmm. very much. We're just giving no. our listeners a brief look at what is out there and explain the stories behind the boys on the tracks, which mm-hmm. if you are over 40 years old living in Arkansas, you probably know what that means. You know what the boys yes. on the tracks are. Yes. And we'll, we'll kind of, I did listen to the true crime garage they did a, a five part i believe oh a five um, part five, they did a five part back in wow. 2017 um and so i did listen to just a couple of parts just just to kind of get an idea of their thoughts on it um and then like you said a lot of this is just based on the book which the book was yes. written in 1999 so there's been yes. a lot since um again let me let me just say the book was written by mara leverett she's amazing mm-hmm. i've met her she did a book tour last year and i got to talk to her afterwards and uh she's done a lot of great things for this state um she's a great investigative journalist and you know i'm just kind of in awe of her. So if we ever had guest stars, I'd like to try to get her as a guest star. She's awesome. Yeah. You're, you're a fan girl of her and she, and she did cover the West Memphis three, which we will, we will cover another day. (laughs) Yes. And that book actually, I think gets more traction these days. Yes. More people have read that one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The Devil's Knot. It's yeah. It's called The Devil's Knot. Yeah. Especially because of just the, the whole, Oh goodness. So many, you know, it was just very publicized. So yes. yes. So to kind of this, I do have an interesting Malik thing. I have a couple things. So this is back to Dr. Malik again. I really want to, you know, he's just an important factor here, but um, one of the things that happened kind of prior to the boys um, and why people, so Malik during this whole situation, you know, he was very protected by the state. Okay. So <laughs> he, he was even given 
a raise because, you know, people would criticize his work and basically the state. And and when I say the state, I say uh, the Clinton. So Bill Clinton was actually our governor during this time frame. So when the boys were killed, he would his his governorship was running all through the 80s. Uh, He was very popular governor, of course. And um, but he is the one that was, you know, his administration was kind of covering, I will say, for Malik um, and protecting him. So that kind of the things that were said when people would criticize is that he's overworked and, and this and that. And he was actually Which given. Which could be true. That part could be true. It could be true. Um, and, and he was given a raise. But there was an interesting tidbit. I know you hate that word. In Mara's <laughs> book. <laughs> So this was interesting to me because I I don't know a lot about Clinton's background and I did not know this about his mother, but uh, Clinton's mother, um, her name was Virginia, and she was actually a nurse anesthetist in Hot Springs. So she had a company um, that partnered with the hospitals and um, she was, you know, her company and herself, like she would be called in to help out um, and you know, do the anesthesia on surgeries. Um, and I'm sure, you know, whatever at that time a nurse anesthetist was allowed to do, maybe some minor surgeries. So there were a couple of instances <laughs> where Virginia, um, where the hospitals felt like she was culpable. There was some, there was, she got, she had, she come, she came under fire. She was sued. Um, there was a, a woman that came in, um, had been in a car accident evidently and something happened and it was a minor situation. She was, the lady was fine. They just had to do a minor uh, surgery on her. And they expected her to fully recover. Like this was not um, like a death, you know, situation. However, um, the woman was, you know, during the procedure, it was said that there was some issues with the anesthesia. And, um, Virginia could not get the, the intubation correct. And so long story short, uh, the doctor had to kind of move in and help. And by that time, the, basically the lady, like, um, her lungs collapsed or, collapsed. you know, she couldn't breathe. Oh, wow. So the, yes. <laughs> so the family, of course, you know, was, was terribly upset and, the autopsy on this woman ended up going to Dr. Malik and Dr. Malik ruled that the actual accident had killed the woman. Oh, and, and it turned out the person that, and because of his quote unquote ruling, it was proposed. Basically the person that caused the accident ended up, you know, getting jail time, you know, for killing this woman. Oh, when wow. The, the hospital and everybody else knew that the woman wouldn't have died from the accident. She died from the procedure. She died from the anesthesia part. Oh, wow. So that was a big to do. And Bill Clinton, like Mara just tells about this. She doesn't tell an opinion on this. Um, I think it was kind of alluding to the fact that Dr. Malik maybe did some things or, you know, helped out some people and that's why he was able to stay as long as he he was as a state medical examiner. And I just thought that was a little interesting. Now, Bill Clinton, he would, 
he would refute that. He he would always refute the, you know, connection, basically. Um, and just, you know, he refuted. <laughs> we'll put it that way. And but eventually his mother was, you know, eventually the hospitals in Hot Springs just wouldn't work with her. Like it wasn't, you know. I mean, they were like, wow. no, sorry. So she basically had to close down her company because of these incidents that were happening, several incidents um, that happened just because the the hospitals were like, sorry, you know, we can't, it's a liability. It was a huge liability. Um, and she always said it was because that they no longer wanted nurse anesthetists. They wanted the doctor anesthesia, you know, Which anesthesiologist. Which could be true. That could be true as that well. That could be true. Yes, definitely. So Again, that was mentioned in the book. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and we'll kind of talk about. So the other thing to Malik is that is interesting. So there was a case and I want to do, we will do a whole segment on this. We'll do a whole episode. But one of the cases before Malik was eventually removed from office, and we'll talk about that, was a case called uh, Janie Ward of Marshall, Arkansas. Um, so again, there were, there were a lot of contra- controversial cases with Malik. Um, but Janie Ward is one of them. She was a, a teenager. Um, she supposedly fell off, um, a porch and Dr. Malik said, I mean, this porch was literally like, I don't even know if it was like maybe a foot off the ground. I mean, it was like, she just fell. And then he said that that caused a severe neck injury or whatever. Um, it turned out, and again, I want to go into a full episode, but it turned out later on down the road after, you know, Janie Ward's families, you know, fighting all this and, and investigating and them getting, having to get second opinions and such that some of the autopsy photos that he used or showed them turned out that it wasn't even like he, he showed the family some x-rays that turned out to be male <laughs> like they weren't even female oh wow parts. so oh my gosh yeah so and that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg for malik like he you know he he just none of his paperwork added up i think he would um you know they would find just a lot of uh just trouble there you know just lots and lots of false items came up on him um and there is an article that discusses some of his other items so there was an Albright case in 1985. So, um, so this is before the boys. So the boys were, you know, in 1987. Right. I just read that, um, an old LA times article on that one. Oh yes. Um, yeah. So this was, a Raymond Albright. He was 50 years old. He was in mountain home, which is kind of a, in the Northern part of our States, like what we call the the Ozarks, like the mountainous part of the state. It's beautiful in Mountain Home, by the way. Um, he was found dead in his yard of gunshot wounds. Um, and he had been arrested evidently the night before the charges on th- theft, but Malik ruled his death a suicide. Oh, so wow. he had multiple, evidently he had five shots <laughs> to the chest. Wow. I mean, we're talking about shotgun. That's shots. That's, that's a lot of shots for a suicide. And I'm not. But... I mean, I'm not a gun expert, but yeah, I do yeah. know that a shotgun. That's that. That would be incredibly hard to a shoot yourself, but to shoot yourself five times. 
Yes. So that was, yeah. So that was one of them. And of course, you know, he's trying to say it's a suicide and, you know, of course the family's like, are you kidding me? So that, so again, this is why, you know, he already had a reputation by the, by the time the boys, you know, were killed. Um, there was also another case, um, So this one would have been after the boys. It's called the Malcolm case. Oh, this one was crazy. So listen to this. Wow. So an Andrew Smith, a 59, um, the police said he shot himself and he was declared brain dead. They took him to uh, the university hospital in Little Rock. I'm sure that's probably UAMS. Um, And he was on life support, but the life support was withdrawn. A week later, Malik told the officers that the order to end life support was given by a deputy coroner named Mark Malcolm, who had consulted with uh, this Andrew Smith's family. Uh, They said that he would. So he Malik is saying that he was going to rule that Malcolm, the coroner, killed Andrew. Oh, wow. So he was going to say it's homicide. And it's the coroner's fault. So the police investigating Malik's accusation discovered that the attending physician had used a medical symbol on Smith's chart to show that the life support was ended after the family had been consulted. Uh, the director of the, the health department said Malik apparently had mistaken the symbol to mean without family consultation and apparently had misread the chart. So basically, he he accused a deputy coroner of killing of murder. a person because wow. he couldn't read the chart. So again, just another example of his just, I mean, I, I don't I know. I mean, was he like, just that's he, insane. He, well, could he just do his job? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly the word that yeah. I was thinking about. Yes. I mean, it's like, Oh my goodness. Um, and then there was a Stevens case in 1990. I mean, maybe, maybe he didn't do this stuff with malice. Maybe he just yeah. didn't know what the crap he was doing. <laughs> I, I, I do have a feeling and I, and yes, remind me to, to say something on that. Yes. Um, I I think he was, I think he had no clue personally. Um, but the Stevens case on August 18th of 90. So this was a little bit later. Um, a Gregory Stevens, who was 25 years old of hot springs. He was fatally shot while he was on the front porch of his home. A prosecutor, um, Paul Bosson uh, brought some Ernest Lemons, a parolee, to trial on murder charges. The witnesses said that Stevens had been shot from the street about 40 feet away. When Malik took the stand, he said that Stevens had been shot point blank. Um, and so this kind of stunned the whole situation, um, kind of ruined their case. Um, and so he had to end up dropping the charges. Uh, the prosecutor was angry and blindsided. Um, and sought the opinion of three outside pathologists. Um, and each said that Stevens had not been shot point blank. Um, and one said it seemed that Malik had studied the wrong tissue samples. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so wow. again, that's aligning with Janie Ward, you know, showing the wrong x-rays. Um, and then a DNA analysis confirmed that either blood samples or the tissue samples that Malik used were from a different corpse. So he wasn't even, so basically he was going to court talking about something that wasn't even this person. So basically none of the, or all of this could have been done just because he had no idea what Mm -hmm. he was doing. And we had a very inept person in office. How long was he in there? The the entirety of the eighties, wasn't it? Didn't he leave right before Clinton? Uh, yes. Became president. Well, 
Uh, yeah. So, and so basically during this time period, yeah, he was in for, I think for about 81 to 91. So if you'll remember, Amby, Mr. Uh, President Bill Clinton. Yeah. Amby. I like it. Mr. Clinton, Mr. President, he was running for president and he was coming under fire finally, like for keeping Malik. So of course this whole time he has been protecting, he's been, you know, it turned out that there was just several things really not Clinton's fault, but really, I mean, Clinton is being governor is in charge. It's kind of like, he may not have known, but he was, he was was in charge the whole, yeah, he was in charge. So he had, he had the right, but it turned out he, like there was supposed to be a special committee to hire Malik. It turned out that that special committee did not hire Malik and that Malik, uh, it turned out did not even have, the accreditation that he actually needed, they found out later that to be the state medical examiner, well, like because ding, he ding, had ding, been ding. like, <laughs> I, mean, I could like, guess that. I know. I know he was like an assistant to the other one, and so long story short, basically this committee that was supposed to be over this, like they they didn't even know that they still had a committee. And of course, you know, everyone's passing the buck. They're like, well, it's supposed to be a committee. Well, we can't remove him now because the committee didn't hire him. So it's just one of those, I think it was just one of those bureaucratic problems that basically it was so muddled and so confused that no one even knew how Malik was there. They just knew that he didn't need to be there. And then finally he started to become a really big problem for, for, you know, president Clinton, because People were questioning, you know, reporters and everybody, the state were like, you know, you, you need to, you know, why didn't you do something about Malik? And of course he did not want Malik to be a problem. So what ended up happening is they ended up making a position (laughs) and around 1991, they basically moved Malik into uh, like the Arkansas health department that like they made a position for him. Now they did um, so you they, know, this whole they gave time him a, a pencil pushing job. They surely did. So they put him oh. in the, and basically they kind of covered up the whole mistake. They moved him into the Arkansas health department under some title. And they did end up giving like, he did take a pay cut. He did take a pay cut because this whole other time they were increasing the salary on the state medical, but supposedly their argument for increasing the state medical thing was so that they could get the salary up to a point where they could get someone good to come in. That was there. And that could be very true. Like they're trying to build up the salary base because they knew what they were going to do was to move Malik out. And I will say we've all worked for, it's, it gets very difficult to, I don't know if it's like, especially government to get people out. Yes. It's difficult to maneuver through bureaucracy when you, especially when you have somebody that really doesn't need to be in the position, but you're not uh, in any uh, position to get rid of them. Yeah. I mean, that's just bureaucracy sometimes for you in in any way, shape or form. And I think that's human nature because I've seen it even in the private sector. It's like, oh, well, they were doing a really bad job. So they just kind of moved them. Yeah. (laughs) Like they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't fire them, but they moved them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that happens. Um, and I do think it's because, you know, and and I do think we, you know, we we don't want, you know, we feel bad. <laughs> I think we feel, I mean, from my perspective, sometimes you just feel bad. You don't want that person to get fired. You don't want them to, you know, basically so, he was put into a position that he shouldn't have been in. Right, so, right. And that, that could kind have been of true. That could have been, that. yeah. So that could have been 
a big part of mm-hmm. all these crazy rulings. Not yes. just that he is doing all this maliciously, but that yes. he has no business being in that position. So I yes. don't know, but this sounds like a great book. This sounds like someone needs yes. to write this book. And I looked yes. uh, to the see Dr. if someone, book. <laughs> yes, to see if someone had written about this, but no one's written about it. So wow, yeah, it's it's huh. interesting. So so that kind of, and I did look. Um, Dr. Malik did end up moving to Florida. He did pass. It looked like in uh, twenty one. So he he did pass away. Um, okay. In that time frame, it looked like. Um, okay. So I well, will go. So that kind of, that wraps up at least for this part of the Dr. Malik stuff, but it was a lot. I mean, he, he's a lot of it. And again, I do want to explore the Janie Ward, but that will be, a we will do podcast. an episode. Yes. 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 That, and, and that uh, has already been covered by Helen gone podcast uh, host, Catherine Townsend, which is really interesting. And she does oh, wow. um, a lot of, a lot of Arkansas cases. She is from Arkansas. She does not live currently in Arkansas, but she is from Arkansas. So uh, it's a very interesting podcast. So Helen gone, look for that. Um, nice. A little plug for us. Yes. It's her. Um, and then maybe somebody, okay, or so, maybe someday someone will plug us, you know, <laughs> say, Hey, listen to those girls know. at unexplained Arkansas. They're so funny. <laughs> they, they are funny and they really like their fast food. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, follow us for all your fast food needs. Um, <laughs> so I do want to go into, Harmon. So remember Dan Harmon. So he actually um, approached the family. He approached Linda Ives and he was an attorney there and he offered to help her. Okay. So, so it, so at that point um, early in this whole procedure, like Dan Harmon, uh, Linda Ives loved Dan Harmon. He was, um, I mean, he really helped her. I mean, he, he got the ball rolling. He was the one that did the the grand jury to, to try to even get the boys deaths as a, a homicide, a probable mm-hmm. homicide. So he was instrumental in all of that. Um, and let me, so I will so, say, I have a question. Oh, so right now, yes. what is, is it, is the case open? Is it, what, what are they labeling the case? Homicide, they, accident? I was told, I tried to call the Arkansas State Police. Um, you can imagine how that went. So I did reach, <laughs> did I got a, a message. Did you get a I lot left of a message. elevator music? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I did leave a message. So who knows, you know, obviously if I get a phone call back, so we, we don't know, do a follow we up, don't know as, I, uh, we don't know I was told it's open. A, Okay. Okay. Yes. I was told it's open. And according to items that I had found, it was like most of the investigation was either done by the FBI or the Arkansas state police. So, um, and we'll kind of get to that. Sorry, my headphone, it's like these ear earbuds are bothering. I need need to get these big old Um, headphones like I wear. Yes, I do. So I'm trying to, okay. So we talked about Don Harmon, right? Mm -hmm. So Dan Harmon turns Dan Harmon. Yes. Dan. What did I say? You said Don. Don, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Don. Sorry. It's Don Henry and Dan Harmon. I'm getting confused. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So In a minute you're going to say Don Henley. And then we're Don Henley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don Henley. Um, he was. Who's Don Henley again? Is he the. He's in the Eagles. He the Eagles? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he had that. What is that? The Bullies of Summer? I don't know. Is that yeah. him? I think so. He Don did Henley you hear had that? several. Did I hear what? Oh my no? goodness! What's wrong? There was just a really big sorry. 
I don't know. It's <laughs> a really like, big sorry. What's what's a well, big sorry? There's a really big noise outside. I, I think didn't hear uh, people it. people do shoot guns around here around my house. <laughs> that okay. sounds weird. That, and especially especially <laughs> since we're talking about controversial subjects. Okay. So moving on. Onward. Moving onward on. and upward. Onwards and upwards. Okay. So Dan Harmon was instrumental, of course, in helping, but it kind of turns out that that Dan Harmon, and sorry, I have some notes, <laughs> and now I can't find them, and I'm mad. Um, like I had all my notes. Bear with me, okay? I'm going to play the elevator music now. Okay. Okay, there it is. So, so Dan Harmon... He he ended up being the prosecutor for the, the state. So at first he was just an attorney and he was kind of like, you know, homegrown. He was like kind of no nonsense people like, you know, it was just it was just Dan. That's just his way. Like he was kind of just gruff. Dan, just Dan. Like evidently he was gruff and tough and people elected him to be their prosecutor and and they liked that mm. he was I've never gonna... met a Dan I didn't like. That's true. Yeah. That yeah. I'm trying mm. to think of all the Dan. Yeah, there's a lot of Dan. Yeah. I mean most had, of the time I had they're a like named Fun Dan in college, so. Fun I'm not Dan. sure why we called him Fun Dan. <laughs> was he fun? Yeah, he was. He was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, that's why. <laughs> he was Fun Dan. Um, but this this Dan, he had a lot going on and it and of course Linda liked him but he he liked the ladies it seemed like he was always um getting married and then having marital issues getting divorced oh. you know he nice. and then and then more stuff came out to where it was kind of like he liked you know some drugs but he was okay. kind of head of the drug task force so that was kind of a problem Oh, so, nice. We're not yeah, getting so into was, cocaine bear territory, are we? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so evidently he was, Worst you know. movie that we've seen. Oh well, I say that. I don't know if it was. I don't know. It was different. It was okay. Cocaine bear was awful. We were literally, we almost, we almost walked out and you know it. Like, yeah. that was bad. And it I will different. tell you, I, I have since, in the last couple of days, watched an even worse movie and I do bear? not go see this movie. No, it's called Salt Burn. Oh. And do not go see it. Do not okay. go see it. I'm telling okay. you, like, right, I'm sorry. I, I promise. No. Like, it was repulsive, disgusting. The only good thing about it was the acting was good, but it was very, like, okay, Paris just walked in here. <laughs> scared me I heard, um i heard tippy tippy toes did you the, did you hear yeah. <laughs> it was just very it, it was discussed there are scenes in there that i wish that i could like never see like i want to like wash my eyeballs like out anywho nice. but cocaine was like that too it was terrible it was like oh my goodness so it anywho. was it was a little too campy and i was expecting <laughs> it, a lot more from um the director who was a, a you know woman and i don't know yes it, yeah yeah it was yeah one on and both, a half stars and well one and a half stars and i'm only giving the extra half because they put carrie russell in it love carrie russell <laughs> i like her too um yeah and that one had good acting cocaine bear had good acting saltburn had good acting i would say that's where the movies end as far as being good and, co yeah. and both were hard to watch in different ways like very different ways but um so basically 
Dan Harmon. So he is calling all. So he does this, you know, he's trying to get the boys. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm watching your face. <laughs> what? I'm looking with interest and intrigue. This is intrigue. No, okay. That's your intrigue. Okay. So, uh, so he is calling a lot of, a lot of witnesses. I mean, we're tons of witnesses and he's trying to get the boy when he's working with a grand jury. Okay. So the interesting thing about this, and I'll get into, you know, witnesses is that a lot of these witnesses end up either being incarcerated or they end up being killed. Okay. Yes. That sounds very controversial. It's very controversial. They're um, like a Keith McCaskill, a Greg Collins. There, there was several, a, a Danny Booney Bearden. Um, and all, all of these, these have people, been very well documented. Yes, they've all been documented. Um, and I won't kind of get in to, all, you know, nitty gritties, but all of these people were called in to, um, by Dan Harmon to be, you know, prosecuted or not prosecuted, but, but, you know, to be witnesses. And then all of these people within a couple of years of this were dead. Um, like one, one guy ended up, his body was in a landfill. Oh, another guy ended up with shotgun blast to the face. Um, another one was just beaten to death. And so, so these were horrendous deaths. These weren't natural causes. These were horrendous deaths. Um, and, and what the deal was, you know, the biggest thing that everyone is saying during this thing is that the boys were allegedly killed because they, they were killed, but they, because of, they came upon, (laughs) they came upon a drug situation. And this is allegedly allegedly so allegedly and this is from the witnesses um this is what's happening okay so all of these people were allegedly um involved or knew drug dealers in the area okay so so this is kind of the whole thing is kind of you know drug you know, filled, you know, you've got the drugs, you got the money. That's always, that, that's always been talked about. I mean, that, that aspect of this case is very well documented, uh, very well known. We're not uncovering anything that is new. Mm -mm. Um, this is a very well documented case, especially, um, in the last 10, 15 years and how it may possibly relate to some, um, illegal behavior. Yes, which leads us kind of into what we call the Mina connection. So I really, um, so Mina, huh, there there was an individual called Barry Seals. So Mara in her book goes into great detail about Barry Seals, Mina, uh, the Iran-Contra affair. Like Linda Ives, her position she really did not like Barry Seals. So Barry Seals was a pilot. He was, I guess, originally from Louisiana. And he, it's it's documented, he was running drugs, okay? A, co- a cocaine smuggler. Yes, I believe it was probably cocaine was the big thing. And 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 if you watch Cocaine Bear, which was loosely, yeah, I, loosely I'm, based I'm on really a getting true... some Cocaine Bear vibes. <laughs> yeah, it was truly based on a 
you know, a true story, but it, it even talks about, you know, planes flying the drugs in and, you know, the drugs being dropped. Right. Okay. Right. So that's what Barry was doing. Okay. Okay. So before we go any further, let me, let me say that Mm -hmm. there is a book that Mara wrote called All Quiet at Mina, which would probably be, which would probably Mm -hmm. be a good sequel to the one you just read uh, about the boys on the track. So she did, yeah, so she did write about uh, the, Mina, as she says, the notorious cocaine smuggler, Barry Seal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's in her book, this book went deep diving into Barry Seal's, um, because basically Barry was, um, smuggling drugs his operation was out of louisiana where he was from but then he knew i guess he knew that people like the louisiana state the dea all of them were on to him and so then he moves his operations into mina mina arkansas was 120 miles to the west of alexander arkansas where you know um kevin ives and don henry were killed okay so it it was to the west but of course the drug smuggling is going into like columbia like he was working with um you know those major drug lords down there okay allegedly so so, uh, well that that is i just keep saying i will say well i just keep putting allegedly in there allegedly (laughs) i'm gonna have supposedly evidently well um, allegedly as a journalist i use that word all the time and this one, what, you know, yeah. And Barry Seal. So, you know, he's running, he's running the drugs out of Mina. Okay. Allegedly. So that's what's allegedly <laughs> running the drugs. Now I'm just going <laughs> to start saying it. And there is a movie. So I actually watched this movie like before oh, I even Tom read. Cruise one? Yes. Before okay. I even read The Boys on the Tracks, me and Daryl, Daryl had already seen it, but he was like, oh, this movie's pretty good. It was on the Netflix and it was called American the Made. And, and it was, it was like from 2017. And I, so I watched that and then I've dived in. So basically, you know, it shows Tom Cruise, you know, working with the CIA, um, as Barry Seals because they were on to his operation. So, but then that the CIA wanted to u- utilize these operations to get guns into South America to try to help basically long story short to get guns to Iran because of that. So, you know, our government, we, you know, try to help out other countries. And so that was, we were trying to get guns to help Iran in their civil wars going on in the Middle East. Everything Hmm. almost always goes back to the Middle East, sadly. So as we all know, tons of fighting going on. But so, so eventually Barry Seal's operation, he is allegedly approached by the CIA. He's, he's helping out the CIA. He's also helping out himself. (laughs) So he, I mean, he was boasting about making, I mean, we're talking not millions of dollars, but billions of dollars. So he oh, wow. is making billions of dollars moving m- drugs, a lot of drugs into our state. So basically he would fly these drugs and drop them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these drugs were being dropped and Cocaine Linda Ives there. felt, <laughs> okay, yeah. So Linda Ives and, and Marv is writing about this felt like the boys came up on a drop. Okay. So now I will point this out. So eventually Barry is convicted in Florida. Like he gets in trouble. Finally, you know, the CIA can only cover him so much. I I believe Arkansas tried to get to him. Um, 
Louisiana, but finally he is in trouble. And, and Barry Seals is actually, I guess, on probation, going back and forth at a halfway home in February of 1986. And he is contract killed by oh, wow. a cartel. Okay. So this was 86 and the boys were killed. This is February of 86 and the boys were not uh, found dead until August of 87. So I, you know, in the book, there's, I do believe that there was probably still drops, but it's, it felt like Linda was really narrowing in on Barry Seals specifically, but Barry Seals had been dead for wow. quite some time yeah. by the time yeah. the boys were dead. So not to say Barry Seals was a good person. He definitely wasn't. He was self-centered, uh, obviously about the money and the drugs and he did a lot of bad things. But he also had, you know, he, he turned and had to help out the CIA. Otherwise, he was going to jail. So I will say, I find this offensive. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something I find offensive, though, about this. And this is not imperative to Kevin or Don's situation. But Barry Sills was labeled as El Gordo, the fat one. Hmm. And nice. in the movie American Made, he's played by the tiny... Tom Cruise. The the tiny Tom Cruise. So I have the a tiny to the fact. The tiny Tim. It is Christmas. Yes. Like, I mean, he's a tiny man. He's like, what, five, six, you know, like. I don't know. 150, maybe 140. He, he's I, he's I, not a big dude. He's not big. He is a tiny man. So I find offense to Hollywood. Okay. They're always saying that they want to be true to their craft. But yet Tom Cruise well, is playing some- El Gordo. Well, they took some creative liberties with that one, apparently. They certainly did. I mean, why wouldn't they get at least like Russell Crowe, who's clearly not tiny, or someone, you know, not tiny to play that part? Anyhow, maybe Russell Crowe is busy. But yeah, or, I, I take offense yeah. as a full-figured lady to someone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I take offense. I do not want to be played by someone like tiny. <laughs> I don't know. I might. I might. (laughs) You shut your face. So anyway, so that's, that to me, they went in, the book went into a lot. I mean, we're talking chapters and chapters on the Mina. And I will say, um, interesting. I I listened to the, you know, the true crime garage guys and they cracked me up because I don't know where they're from, but they were saying Mina. 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 Wow. (laughs) Saline County and Mina. In Mina. So if you're from Arkansas, you know it's Saline County and you know it's Mina. Mina. Yes. <laughs> so that was cracking me up listening to them. I was like, um, dudes, where are you from? <laughs> Who'd you talk to? So anywho, so that's kind of the Barry Seals thing. Um, we talked about again the missing people that surrounded the investigation. So I mean, obviously something was going on. Obviously the kids came on to something, right? They may have. Yeah. They may yeah. have. I mean, definitely. I mean, and definitely there were drugs. We we know that there was drugs running really all over the state. I'm sure all over the country. We had issues back in the eighties and nineties, like here in White County. Yeah, um, of course. So I yeah. My whole so thing there is, was there's a lot going know, on. There is. And the way that they were laying, I mean, even if you were in a drunken stupor or drug-induced haze would you say oh look there's some railroad tracks let's go lay down on those side by side yes you know I I don't know I just I don't know I find it very hard to wrap my mind around that and and we talked about how you know 
Kevin Ives, his dad worked for Union Pacific. Yeah. Like, like he knew train safety. I'm sure his dad drilled that into his head. You don't, of course, you don't walk on tracks. You don't, I mean, even if you're driving over a track, you have to be super careful. Um, yeah. So I don't, I, I've always, I just, I've always been super uncomfortable around railroad tracks. I, I don't know mm-hmm. why. I just, I yes. can't. I, I don't know. I just, I always roll my windows down, turn the radio completely mm-hmm. off and then look both ways. And I've taught my son who's driving now to do the same thing, no matter who mm-hmm. he's with or what he's doing, roll all the windows down, turn the radio off. Cause you just never know. Yes. I mean, not too many months ago, there was a family, uh, it was a, a dad and I think three of his kids were, got hit by a train. He was you know, evidently, I don't, I don't know the circumstances of why, but evidently two of his kids were killed, you mm, know, so because terrible. he, but yeah, that, I mean, it happens terrible. every once in a while, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I remember it happening, uh, quite a bit back in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think hopefully, um, technology has gotten a little better as far as, you know, railroads the trains. and this and that, the trains. but I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's yeah. one of those things you have to be very, very careful Mm-hmm. Uh, with here in Arkansas well anywhere but yes yeah definitely so so we still okay so there were several people there was a a Charlene Wilson character okay that's kind of big in this case um she actually there were some people that came forward that said that they saw the boys on the tracks being being beat up and allegedly by police officers and Dan Harmon. So what? there were several. Whoa, whoa, yes, what? The prosecutor. Yes. So, yes. Is that, and that's, so, in, that's in Mara's book? Yes, that's, this okay. is in Mara's book. So wow. uh, Mara discloses that kind of, and again, her book was 99. So it seemed like a lot of these people coming forward, there were, there were a couple, but Charlene Wilson was one of them. Um, Charlene Wilson was and is um convicted drug dealer. Okay. So a lot wow. of these people were related in into the drug trade. Okay. Um and as you know from other cases, eyewitnesses are always deemed you know, what are you, not credible sources always. You know, it's always about getting the evidence of what they saw. You can't always go by an eyewitness. Well, because it's but somebody's perspective. Yeah. 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 And especially when there's, you know, a history of drugs in their in their background, a lot of juries will not find an eyewitness credible. Okay. So, but I'm here to say there were several people that actually came forward and said that they saw Dan Harmon out on the tracks. Okay. Oh, that wow. He did that something. is crazy. And this is the man that had come forward to help Linda Ives and to help mm-hmm. the, the Henry family. And he passed um, away this year. It looks like he did. Yes. He, he did pass away. Now I will say after all that, you know, Linda Ives at first was a big component, you know, big supporter. Um, but there were as, as things continued and got away. So Dan Harmon, after he got the boys, you know, at least he got their deaths shown as probably homicides. That's kind of where his work ended. You know, nothing else ever really transpired. Um, you know, Linda had to always fight to get 
you know, private investigators or other people to investigate. Uh, the FBI did eventually, quote unquote, take over the file and the Arkansas State Police had taken over the file to investigate. But it seemed like every time, you know, Linda thought something would happen, it would be shut down. Okay. So I think the FBI came back and was like, there's just not enough evidence. We don't have a suspect. We don't have anyone to, to prosecute basically, you know, because, and a lot of this is that's going on is that people that quote unquote saw something are dead. (laughs) So there's obviously, it's just, it's just riddled with craziness. It's just bizarre. There's a lot of unknown factors still to this day. However many years, how many years has it been? Oh my goodness. I mean, that was 35. Yeah. 35 ish, Mm -hmm. give or take. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and so, yes. So I will say on the Dan Harmon thing. Okay. So eventually, and Dan Harmon was implicated in a lot of things during, you know, during his situation as prosecutor eventually like Dan it. i've been Har- looking through his resume mm-hmm. here on the on uh-huh. my phone yes yeah he uh, sounds like he had a he, lot of things going on there he did you know he, he finally after many many years of people coming forward um and trying to kind of you know show what a you know not great guy he was he did eventually get prosecuted and he got convicted um, you know, of basically Rico, it was like, you know, racketeering. Um, mm-hmm. he was, he was basically taking money, you know, he was, um, uh, extorting money from people that were in trouble and so that he wouldn't prosecute them. So he did end up serving eight years, um, in prison. And of course, oh, wow. you know, losing, losing his ability to, you know, be an attorney, like lost his, uh, whatever, whatever that is. It was removed hmm. <laughs> his right to, to practice law. So, As so he was, be. yes. So eventually, and that happened like in 90, I believe in 1997. So he was actually um, convicted. So it says that he was convicted of racketeering, conspiracy, extortion, drug possession with intent to distribute. Just the distribute, distribute. Oh my goodness, <laughs> distribution. Yes, I don't know, um, but he it was seems actually... like there. It seems like there's more written about Dan Harmon than Malik. Mm-hmm. Actually, as I take yes. just a little there, dive into Google, there is a lot about Harmon. He had oh, wow. He had a lot of, you know, it's weird because of course, again, he helped them, but then he he had all this other going on. There were several people that said that he himself were on the tracks. You know, there's a lot of alleged, you know, speculation that he was involved in the boys, boys deaths himself. So it's just very convoluted. And of course, I think, I think Linda Ives and the Ives family and, you know, I think they were happy when he finally went to jail because if he did have any involvement, you know, they were happy that he did face justice but just the fact that he was the prosecutor like he was the prosecutor in the state so he was out there doing all these terrible things so we have the coroner who um Mm -hmm. at best had mismanaged the department but at worst was you know doing things he shouldn't right so that's allegedly Mm -hmm. and then we have the prosecutor same thing wow Mm -hmm. wow like yes I mean, all of that these. Poor ca- and this is, that poor mom. I know. So whatever happened I to know. Linda Ives? 
So she, I mean, up until her death, which she did pass away, sadly, she passed away in 21. So she has passed, but up until her death, she was, she was advocating not just for her boys cases, but across the state, she would help out different cases. Um, She was still fighting. It said that she had filed a new lawsuit uh, with the Freedom of Information Act to try to get uh, the what she called the stonewalling, you know, just information, because I will say there, there is a, a website, which we will post. It's called like, like, I think it was one of her relatives that actually started the website way back and they still have some information on it. It's kind of, it's kind of muddled information, but I think there's still information, but it does have documentation, I guess, that she had received. Mm-hmm. So we have like, I looked at myself 200 pages oh, wow. of documentation that the FBI had released that was, it looks like a lot of it was between the FBI and the Arkansas State Police, but a lot of the information is like blacked out. So it doesn't hmm. show you everything. So Because it's still, if yes, it's still so, under investigation, then they don't have to release very much of anything. Yes. And, that, and that I is, do believe that's, from, oh, go ahead. You know, I had tried to call the state police and I did talk to, I have a, I have a friend here, um, a detective here in Searcy. So I did reach out and asked him if he thought that it was an open case and he believed that it was. Um, and his wife is also in law enforcement. I'm supposed to get with her. She has some information about it, but he believed it is still an open case. Um, right. Well, you know, when I worked, I worked at a police department, you mm -hmm. know, a long time ago after I was a journalist for, for, for a while. And then I worked in public relations for a police department. That was a tough job, but I do know Mm -hmm. if a case is under investigation, there is not a lot um, to be released. And all you have to do is pretty much say, Hey, it's under investigation. Mm -hmm. But the sad part is when you know, it's been so many years and no one's working on it. So that was where Linda Ives position was. It was like, Oh yeah. She just, you know, she was filing lawsuits to get basically to get, um, people to, to give her the information, like get information from, uh, the U S attorneys, the, the DEA, the department of Homeland security, um, all their private documents. Like she was trying to get, you know, that, and the, and I will say that the latest it says on it, it said the lawsuit was dismissed in 2019. Um, so I will tell you this. So this is bizarre <laughs> real fast. So in 2018, um, and I don't know this person, I don't keep up with the world wrestling federation, but there is a, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yes. I don't think it's called the world wrestling Feder- federation anymore. I think it's WWE. WWE. No, it hasn't this, been WWF well, in a long, that's he the, said that's former. Like, no, but oh, he was former. former so okay. he was part of the WWF. <laughs> But it said in February of 2018, um, a former WWF wrestler, Billy Jack Haynes, uh, he came forward and he recorded a video testimony in which he claimed to have witnessed the murders of um, Kevin Ives and Don Henry while providing security for the drug trafficking drop in 87. What? Yes. So this happened. And I will say... I could not find any other information. I mean, there is nothing out there to support this claim. I think from what I could tell, people thought he was not with it. <laughs> like people dismissed his claim. Huh. Because there is nothing else on that. Like nothing 
absolutely nothing else on that. It's like all the the news. So he coverage just maybe just wanted five more minutes of fame. So he just picked maybe, a random maybe. case that he could. Yes. Meet. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. According to him. <laughs> so according to him, he was there, and evidently he had actually called Linda Ives, and and like said it. You know, he didn't say that he was responsible um, for necessarily the deaths, but basically that. You know, the boys had witnessed something. He, you know, it, basically they they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, which I totally believe. Yeah, um, I believe that. And, yes. And that they were, you know, it got out of hand and they were killed and then they were placed on the tracks to cover up the murder. Um, and then there we go. So he actually talked to her. I think it was nice of him to do that. But but she was still trying to, you can clearly, I don't think, I don't know if she believed his story because clearly she was still trying to get information, you know, she was still involved in her lawsuit. So I don't know if she believed Billy Haynes or Billy, yeah, Billy, Jack Billy Haynes. Jack. It's Billy Jack. Because like, Billy Jack, but ever, <laughs> evidently no one else believed his claims either. <laughs> oh, okay. Huh. So in this, so this happened in 2018, which was actually after the, the true crime garage dudes, uh, thing. So theirs was in 2017. So they wouldn't have even, you know, I don't know if they've done a follow-up or whatever. So this came out after, and then of course, Linda Ives, you know, had passed away in 21. So again, currently the case is probably open currently. Um, it's probably, you know, the sad part is probably not going to be solved. Um, in fact, the attorney for Linda Ives said, you know, after her passing, you know, he said, I'm just, I'm just thankful that now she knows. Yeah. So now she yeah. knows what happened to, to her son. Um, oh, and I so will sad. say there was, so there sad. was just some, yes, it's incredibly sad. And Linda had talked about, I did, I did see this. Um, it was like a film of her and she talks about how, you know, um, Kevin was so sweet, such a sweet boy and that he... One of the things she said that really touched me was that he really liked old people. Like he was really like nice to the elderly, like in tune with them. And that, I mean, he was a teenage boy. He was 17 years old. So that in itself to be, I mean, how many 17 year olds are really kind to old people? Nobody's kind to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the elderly, although you act like it. Yes. Yes, I do. But yeah, I mean, no one's kind to middle-aged ladies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he was very kind. And something someone said after uh, one of her one of her good friends, um a Karen Spears, that was a good friend of Linda, she said that Linda was an amazingly strong woman. She never gave up her fight. She wanted justice and she was going uh to continue until she could no longer go on. And that's exactly what she did. I mean, she yeah. Yeah, definitely. she just fought wow. this. I mean, you know, some people handle this in a different. Her husband, uh, Larry, he handled it differently. He was quiet. Mm -hmm. He he just wanted. I think he just he just missed his son. He just wanted. I think he just wanted it to go away. Type yeah. thing. I think we but saw. She I think we saw not. that in in like the West Memphis Three case, how each of the parents handled it differently. Yes. Yeah. So, but it sounds like she's a very and that's brave kind woman. Of like and Don Henry's parents. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, it sounds like she was a very terrible. brave woman, and she didn't care yes. what people thought. She just wanted to get mm -hmm. to the truth. Wow. Which yes. is a great she, way. She was going to fight. Which, well, yes. and that's that's a great way to end it because you know yes. I really feel like that it was the mom that kept this out there yes. that kept people talking about it and mm -hmm. definitely you know, that's, yeah definitely it would not it would have just 
you know, gone yeah. away if she, she hadn't did, she, persevered. She deserved the truth, and and I'm mm-hmm. so sorry she that the truth. she did not get that in her lifetime. Yes, it and it is sad, and it's sad. Okay, so and we see this over and over again. It's greed and it's corruption and it's powerful people and powerful places doing, you know, things that they shouldn't. And I, my personal, so the true crime garage people, their outlook on this was they kind of thought, I felt like they kind of thought that Dan Harmon was responsible. I guess they were really thinking that the eyewitnesses, there was, you know, there was some smoke there, so to speak, that he was Mm -hmm. involved or whatever. And and then, of course, Linda thought that the Barry Seal, you know, she kind of, that was very in the book, okay, about the Barry Seal's connection and all the, the drug running, which definitely there was the drug running, definitely the drug drops. But to me, I mean, I don't know. My opinion on this is there was, there was drugs in the area. The boys were out late at night. There was definite things going on. Um, I can't imagine that Don, Dan Harmon would be out there at four, you know, between one and four in the morning killing these boys. I don't, I, that's hard for me to believe. I do think that there was people, I think the boy, there was, the boys were definitely not intended to get killed. I think they were in the wrong place, wrong time and things right. got out of hand and they were killed and put on the tracks because they thought, oh, they're going to run over their bodies and think it's an accident, which right. is exactly what happened. <laughs> but I personally cannot imagine Dan Harmon getting his hands that dirty, quote unquote. Right, right. I don't think he was there that night. I think people hmm. put him there because they didn't like him and he was not good. He was definitely involved in a lot of things that he shouldn't have been. But I guess from my perspective is we don't know who was there that night. The eyewitnesses were all not really, I don't know. They would never have been even called in to be in a jury. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, in a, a jury would not have been like, I, yeah. I don't know, not happening. So anyway, this was, do you have any questions? Um, No, not really. But I did, I did want to mention that we will have okay. links to all mm, of Mara's yes. books and uh, yes. you are, you can, order her books on Amazon uh, or Barnes and Noble, wherever, but we will provide links to all of the books and all of our information references, references, all that will be included. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll link it up people. So, and we do, we do have a little bit of business because Ambro there starting that one, Amby, Ambro, she's going to tell you about, what she's been busy doing. We are on the platform. Tell them. Tell them the platforms, people. Well, we are now on Amazon Music. We are on, what else are we on? iHeartRadio <laughs> and uh, Apple Podcasts. Yay. And, of course, Spotify. Of course. Which you're listening. Our home, of Spotify. Our yes. home. Our home, Spotify. Um, and so, again, we, you know... We really appreciate you listening. This was this was a lot. This was a big one. There will be some there will be some fun. There will be some weird. There will be some ghosts. There will be some goblins. Yeah. Goblins. Just, yeah. Ghosts. Are those the same? We're gonna try to shake it up. I'm not sure yeah. um what we're going to do next week. There's a couple we're talking about doing. So we'll, yes. but we'll whatever it is, it'll be fun. And we appreciate you guys listening to us. And yes. as always, please rate us, please leave comments, and we will see yes. everybody or I'm sorry, we will 
<laughs> we will we will not that. see everyone. We won't no, see didn't. everyone. Well, <laughs> we will see everyone wait, on this wait. side of Christmas is what I meant. So, yes, yeah, we, we're about to go yeah, on the Christmas holiday. Oh. We have what is today? Today's Saturday. Tomorrow's we're doing Christmas a, Eve. Yes, Tomorrow's and tonight Christmas we're doing Eve. our gift exchange, remember? Yes. So we will oh, have we're that going on to, our Facebook. We're going to film it, you said. Yes, we, we are need to do a reels. It. We're we're gonna do okay. a reels. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah. So two cool. two days to Christmas, people. Okay. Okay. We love you. <laughs> oh, we love you. Yes, we do. All right. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Oh. Mm-hmm.